as you enter into Vasselheim, the great gates opening, you see large dragon ballistas on the walls, a sprawl of people in thick, cold weather garb and religious folk as well. You head the quad roads. As you travel past this grand bazaar, you head to a relatively new establishment, up, uh, upper class, which is simply known as the Quadside Building. A four-tiered luxury inn, the top being its most expensive and exclusive areas. As all of the caravan stops outside and the guards you were with are paid and told to come back in a week or so, Phineas looks to all of you and says, We made it. Finally, we are almost done. You all have a place here in a quad side building on the top floor. Uh, we're going to be staying here a week to restock for our two-month journey to the mountains. Uh, I won't say too much on where we're going, um, but just know that we're almost there, and once we get to the dig site, we'll have a permanent residence for six months. And you can get to know the other staff, we can finally meet my foreman, she's been manning the place while I've been gone, hopefully it's still doing okay. Uh, if you need me, I will be here. I will more than happy than to entertain each and every one of you. But of course, explore Vasselheim if you haven't been here before and enjoy yourself. It's going to be a lot harder in the coming weeks. And uh, she'll, she'll walk in with uh, Jaskar and uh, Kali. And you're left to your own devices. I'm gonna go get a drink. <clears throat> I feel like we all need a drink after the whole eyeball situation. No. Just me? Okay. Just gonna go get a drink by myself then. I'm I'm coming. I'm coming. Do any of you have uh three silver I could borrow? I have a couple of copper, but I do not have any silver. When are we supposed to start getting paid? When do we actually make it to the job site? We could try and find something here quick, a job here that we can do quick and, and dirty, and, and try to get you some silver if that's what you want. I have an idea of how to make some coin. I was just hoping I could do you want to steal? No. Boring. You could always fight. I'm sure a city as big as this has a fighting ring of some sort. Do you think there's a tournament? I do not need a tournament. I just need a single fight or two. What? You don't think you can make it to the end? We are about to embark on a two-month excursion through wild mother knows where i would rather be in good shape for that well a tournament is a great way to make sure you're in shape 
or to make sure you are very, very hurt. That's if you lose. I mean, you're going to get hurt in a tournament anyway, so... Let's go get drunk. I look at Zadia. <laughs> Perhaps someone around here knows about a Viking pit. I walk up to the closest stranger I can find. You! Do you know where a fighting pit is? I do, yes. Can you tell me where? It's called the Crucible. It's an arena fighting pit. Many go there to prove themselves and fight uh, for the honor. I walk back over to Kuval. It's called the Crucible! In the Braving Ground District. I don't know, probably, but I found you a place... That was actually much easier than I expected it to be. I suppose drinks then. And just before you walk in, you see a sign plastered on the front of the building. And now you notice it around as well as you've been walking through. You take the time to look and it reads, No Arcane Magic. Punishable by life imprisonment. No surprise given the monstrous creatures and titan-like rock structure outside Vasselheim. But as you walk in, it is quite different. Warm air hits you. You're, you walk into a large open plan in you see the stairs off in the distance, but you also see two halves, one near the entrance and one far off in the back. Soft music plays and you suddenly get overheated just with the warmth. It seems that heat is a luxury, something that this inn likes to flaunt as you are in a cold climate. You see behind the bar is a Stone Genasi. They have dark, craggy skin. You see bits of almost like jewels around their cheekbone, just under their eyes of bright turquoise. Their eyes are grey and they seem to just be cleaning. You see Phineas and her bodyguards, Callie and Jaskar, off in the back drinking talking your companions join you as well and they sit down and you see on the menu as you walk further in that drinks cost two copper pieces each also you can get a sand keg one of their high prized items i asked the barkeep if, if the crucible uh allows you to bet Oh yes, of course. The Stormlord encourages all kinds of competition, they say to you, and the Crucible uh, is the home of how many people worship the Stormlord in great combat, in physical prowess and strength. An interesting way to worship, but to each their own. Adrian, I am willing to put down half on this bottle if you're willing to put the other half on it. Okay. Alright. Shots for everyone, then. Kuval will hold up his shot glass or whatever we have, little, little glasses for this thing. To your victory in the crucible. 
Yes, to future future journeys. Let us not count our chickens before they hatch. It's too late. I've already taken the drink. <laughs> okay, so I need everyone to roll me a strength with two banes. So uh, we we have everyone a four, a four, a seven, and a one for Adrian. You are all slushed. One drink just like goes straight to your head. You feel buzzed. There is this like your your tongue is numb. Everything is like spinning. You feel warm and good. You are buzzed. Adrian's like dancing. Like you know that like weird person who's like tripping and they're like waving their hands and dancing. That's what I'm doing. Round two. Anyone? Kubal, I have not felt like this since we were back in the tribe. You will win in the crucible, then we will get another one or two of these bottles to go. Mm, I will take all comers in the crucible. You will take them all and you will defeat them all. Yes, I will regain my prowess. Tell you, it was that damn ship. It's all that ship's fault. If I hadn't gone on that damn ship, I would have been fine. Kuval pulls up, pulls up Ben, and like offers him a little like shot glass with just a little bit in it, <laughs> just a little bit in it. <laughs> it was the it was the ship, right, Ben? Ships are bad. You pull up the cage that your friend Ven, the pixie, is in. They're wearing what looks to be light beams bent around to make this sparkling dress and they cup at the little thimble you're offering them for the alcohol and then they sip it their eyes go wide and bright their wings start fluttering and then they walk left they walk right they hiccup and then they fall against the bars and then they start sign languaging to you as they're unable to speak inside this cage. I really fucking like this place. This place is good. Like the vibes, like the colors are amazing. You, you poor normal people can't see the spectrum I see. I can see color. See, Ven agrees with me. It was the ship. Are you married to Ven? No, we are very good friends. Then why do you keep them in a cage? They're a curse, I suppose. That is how I found them. I have tried... I have tried breaking it. I have tried finding locksmiths for it. it. Nothing has opened this cage. What about throwing it on the ground? I've tried that once. With the Ven's permission, they still did their bathing on me afterwards as vengeance. We should come here more often. Why have we never been to Vasselheim before? Because it's full of zombies. Where's Sadani? They're not saying anything, but they're just like smiling, looking at you. What are you looking at? <laughs> Reminds me <sighs> of your age ceremony. Oh, no, don't bring that up. That's. I don't want to think. Your mane wasn't even done right. It was all off to the side. Had that weird grease problem for a while, too. 
Uh, that was such a horrible ceremony. <laughs> yeah, it almost turned into your wedding. Chad really wanted to hunt for you. Is all he would talk about. Uh, yeah, but uh, he was, you know. Chad. Yeah. Yeah. I left before your ceremony, didn't I? We didn't really do anything. He kind of stands up and walks outside. I'll be back. I'm going to go talk to my brother. Food. We sh should get good food. The Vasselheim must have good stuff, right? As long as we have money, yes. I suppose. Bartender. <laughs> Bartender. What do you have for food here in this fine establishment? Uh, we have, uh, Albert Kebab, Wyvern Rotisserie, and a, uh, some mutton. How much is the Wyvern Kebab, or whatever you said? The Wyvern one? One of your finest kebabs. Alright, um, they kind of, who wants so many points to all of you? That's gonna be, uh... That's going to be uh, six copper. I will pay for this. I will pay for this. And then I'm going to win in the crucible. And as you're inside or eating your, your wife and kebabs and drinking outside, Zadia and Zadani, you, you see Zadani is kind of kicking at the the snow is kind of like just kind of laying on the ground kind of resting looking at the bazaar and just kind of drunkenly kind of like wobbling back and forth too drunk for this yeah well if you're not too drunk for this we're too sober for this so pick one you chose her and leaving over everybody else you knew i chose myself why couldn't you just told her she ran away what do you have to Oh, I don't feel good. Why did you have to pretend that you were dead? It... I didn't know you'd think I was dead. You didn't come back from a ritual that's life and death. Uh, I guess you're right. I made very stupid decisions in my life. She kind of just plops down next to him. I'm sorry. It's not going to change anything, but I didn't know it was all going to go that way. It is what it is. You can't change the past. No one has that power. It's not like we can go back in time and change things. You're right. But... But still doesn't mean the past doesn't affect us now. And I would understand that if you were angry at me. I am angry. Happy you're alive. It's a weird, weird mix of emotions. 
I didn't know mom was going to get sick. I didn't think she cared that much. She was hard. A hard woman. I've thought about coming back so many times, but... I thought you would all just... Hate me either way. I mean, that's... Possible. You know what mother was like. I missed you a lot. I missed you too. So how did your ceremony go? Uh, well... Chiande, the girl is obsessed with me. She crashed it, proclaiming her love. She killed Tokar, a wild boar, and brought it to the ceremony. Did you marry her? No. It's got four legs and rides. She's been with them. I want someone who's going to be faithful. Well... You're out in the world now. Maybe you'll find someone you like. Mm, yeah, this is a centaur-rich environment. It doesn't have to be a centaur. I don't really know. And uh, he just looks towards you. Seem to get a bit queasy again. He kind of just like his eyes roll. <sighs> don't throw up on me. Going to be that that one time where you tried to eat grass and then you threw up on like my mane and I had to wash it for like three hours and it just grows. I was confused. Other horses eat grass, all right? I was like, what, what's so good about it? But it was disgusting. Yes, it was. It was like bugs in it and everything. Yeah, I know. They were also in my mane because <laughs> you threw up on it. Mother was angry. Remember that one time, and you start reminiscing. Inside, as everyone's kind of uh, going around, uh, Valk comes over to you, Adrian. As he's walking over to you, he kind of looks towards Jason, looks over to you again, and he's just like, Adrian? Yes. Can I have another drink? He just grabs it before you even answer. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I, uh, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to say this to you for a long time. I am your employee, not your friend. You treat me like shh, not good. You treat me like I'm your servant, which I I know I am your servant, but I I I quit. If that's what you want, do you want to stay as my friend, though? Then you don't have to do what I tell you to do. You can just choose whether you want to do it or not. Hey, hey, Velk. And then I put my hand on their shoulder. You've been with me through so much. And your life and your happiness are more important than the dumb choices I make. I don't really know what friends are. I think these ones are the... This is the most friends I think I've ever had. Because originally I just had Jacqueline. And then kind of Farrah, but she was more of a aunt. 
and then I wasn't sure if we were friends, but you looked sad very often, so I tried to give you money because I know that money makes people happy. But if money didn't make you happy, then maybe I wasn't your friend. I was just a bad person. And if we are going to be friends, then I can't be a bad person. So if you want to leave because life is scary, then that'll be my first attempt at being your friend. No, I, 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 I don't want to leave. That's the point. I've almost died several times. This is the most life I've ever experienced. And I don't want to experience... Experience... I don't want to go through it as a servant. I want to go through it as a normal person. Just living and enjoying life. I don't want to live this life anymore. I want to join you as an equal. Uh, uh, stumbles a bit. Hey, Velk. Tomorrow? Let's go buy you some armor and a sword. Let's fucking do it. Yeah! You're good. <laughs> hey, 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 Velk. Yeah? I have a weird question. Okay, this is between you and me, okay? Okay? Mm, mm, shh, he, like, rubs his finger over your lips. <laughs> Do you think Zadie is hotter than Jacqueline? Jacqueline is special. Yeah. Jacqueline can change, can be whatever they want to be. That's true. That's true. Do you like them? They don't like me. They just see me as someone to get blankets. None of them have talked to me like a normal person. Well, Velk. Sometimes people are intimidated by greatness. And I put my hand on their shoulder. That's probably why they're afraid of Farah. You wanna know my secret? Don't, 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 shh. Don't, don't tell, don't tell Jacqueline. But when she's sleeping, I, I sometimes... I grab her book and I, I read the magic and I know, I know the language that she uses. <laughs> Don't tell her, okay? Tell her what? And as the conversations go on, the evening fades away, and as everyone goes to their rooms to sleep off their drunken haze, Kuval, you hear the door behind you open, and as you turn round, you see Phineas in a see-through silken gown. She leans up against the door frame. Runs her hands through her short blonde hair. Her eyes sparkle and you see her pointedly look you up and down and she smiles. 
and she says to you, You know, Kuval, I've been watching you for a long time, and I know everyone's motives for coming here, generally, but you are an enigma. You are one who is so cautious about everything, yet come on an adventure, on a job that is so unpredictable. You have piqued my curiosity. But what has piqued my curiosity more is the item you have. That cage with your pixie in it. It is indeed intriguing. I was wondering if you would let me examine it. And I can aptly compensate you. You don't peg me as the person who cares about money, so perhaps something else can lift your interest. And she slowly brings her finger down her neck and you see the top slit of her gown open just slightly. Kvall holds up Ben. Ben like looks towards uh, Vinius, looks towards you and then just kind of signs and just says get some. Maybe this will loosen you up you won't be so stodgy. What's the worst that could happen? You're right. We should take chances. Yeah. Get some. Take a chance. Maybe I'll be free. You may see if you can get Ven out of the cage. I just want to inspect him by myself. Ven is very important to me. He has not returned safely and sound, whether still in this cage if you fail or free. It will not end well for you. I would think. Very carefully before you stop threatening your employer, but I understand they are your friend, so I will forgive this drunken insult. And she, like, goes over and delicately grabs it out of your hands. Kuval stumbles to his room. Like, she seems shocked at that, then. You're willing to kind of give it over, um, but not want something in return. And she... You, we see that a confused look on her face uh, but it changes as she holds the uh, cage and she smiles next day comes you hear a knock on your door Kuvo. oh I can feel my tongue again the door is open come in Phineas walks in all like thick furs and like cold weather clothing to what do i owe the pleasure of your early morning visit i have the cage that holds your friend thank you for letting me look at them last night it was very insightful so you are unable to get them out i suppose oh i never tried getting them out i did try a number of other things though but that wasn't one of them Kuval looks at Ven. Is Ven okay? <laughs> Ven seems to be asleep. You can you can just leave him on the table over there. <clears throat> there, she goes over and puts it down. You're a strange one, Kuval. But thank you for allowing me to look at your friend. And tell them thank you when they wake up. 
Paul's going to like drag himself out of bed. He's gonna try to go downstairs, and he's gonna try to go outside and find a barrel of ice water and stick his head in it. <laughs> Hello everyone, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for listening. Subscribing, following, giving us five stars, it really means a lot to us. But I also want to take this moment to thank some of our Patreons as well, because without you, some of this would not have been possible. So I thank you for your continued support, and I also hope that you're enjoying this series as well. So thank you to... Michael, Grant, Shauna, Dusting, Just a Lily, Huma, Chris, Kristin, and Casual. Thank you to all of you for your patronage this month and for helping this podcast support not only the art but the players and all of the production. Now, let's get back to the show. And as you bristle yourself awake, the cold of the water, more the shock of it, of dousing yourself than the actual cold, you gather your stuff, you get Adrian, and you head to find the crucible. Meanwhile, while this is happening, the camera pans back to Neil. And what are you doing this early morning? I, um, or Neil will, uh, she's, you know, it took her a little bit longer to pray today than it is, ever does. Just, you know, a little bit slow on the startup. Um, but she gets uh, her stuff done. And then when she goes downstairs uh, to go get some sort of sustenance for the day, she uh, it looks for Zadia to see if she is down there. I hope you do not mind if I sit here. Of course not. You're my friend. Of course we are friends, yes. Um, are we not? No, we are. Uh, I'm just troubled. Uh, it is not you. I would like to go visit... Um, the the temple or the area of the wild mother here in in Vasselheim and I was going to ask um, Jacqueline um, and you to come uh, with me however Jacqueline seems to be a little bit preoccupied so I, I was wondering if you would come with me to go visit of course and you do and as you finish, you make your way, you ask around, and they tell you that the Temple to the Wild Mother is in the Abundant Terrace, an entire district devoted to the Wild Mother. It consists mostly of wooded areas and farmland, provides most of the food for Vasselheim, and as you walk into the area, you feel the air change. It's mild. It is pleasant. You feel this warmth just emanating around as you see the large canopy of trees 
the dark wood of the uh, of these large almost ancient looking uh, trees themselves you see a bunch of people walking around in emerald greens or in uh, light furs you see lights uh, sparkling hanging from the canopy butterflies songbirds as if you're in an entirely different place than the frigid land of Isilra and as you continue on you see above the intertwined uh, tree trunks kind of small irrigations that are kind of pooling around you see the large kind of circled uh, rambled uh, symbol of the wild mother and the shepherd's crook and there sitting in the center you see a large dragonborn green and they appear to have a skin uh, looks to be almost like a wine skin but you see a small lamb and they're feeding this lamb just sitting down under this tree As we enter, I, I'm just looking around in absolute wonder. It almost feels like we are out in out in nature. It's just, this is so amazing. I've never seen such a thing. It's like it's, we're not even in the same place. It's, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. I even feel different. It's just so warm and comforting. Can I... Not to d disturb the beauty that we're in, but uh, can I ask you something personal? Uh, of course. How have you been lately? You've, you seem more troubled than just your regular troubles. It, uh, that sounded weird, but it, it seems like something sits heavy on your shoulders. Well, it has been a, a troubling couple of weeks, and it was, and it's just, I am concerned about not being able to help all of you when we are in battle. I mean, I watched Adrian fall in front of me, and I was unable to help him. And even worse, I went down after him, and I left you too. Ab who are absolutely capable of taking care of yourselves, don't get me wrong, but it did not bring me comfort to know that I was not there to help you. Yes, I understand that, but there are moments where each of us will fall in battle, and you're not the only one that has to take care of us, we can all take care of each other. I mean, I understand, but are you sure that's the only thing that's been bothering you? I mean, yes, I just want to be here for you all, for myself, for my brother. Be able to share what the Wild Mother gives to me, to you guys. I do not want you guys to perish in front of me if I'm being blunt about it. It was terrifying having my arm on Adrian and then 
him crumpling only seconds afterwards. I understand that fear. You know, if you ever need to talk about something like that, we all fight together, we all have our own fears and traumas, and if we're open with each other, we can help each other out in more ways than just healing each other. And she kind of gives Neil a big hug. Thank you, Zadia, for for lending your ear to my troubles. Anytime you need it, you've always been there for me whenever I've needed someone. Let's go see what the Wild Mother has to offer then. Yes, let's go continue to see. I mean, I see a, a dragonborn, a brilliant dragonborn over there. I think feeding a lamb? Is that what, the, what they are doing? I don't want to be rude, but that's like exactly what I would picture this place would have. Like someone feeding a lamb and like, like does that sound rude? No, it's, it sounds like paradise. It sounds peaceful, comforting, calm. Everything that the Wild Mother should represent. And as you continue on, the Dragonborn tells you that the higher-ranking members of this seemingly picturesque temple is near the birth heart. And as you walk over, you see this large, elegant, dark oaken tree. A large entrance seems to have been carved inside of it. Grand staircases on either side made of the same wood edge and go around accessing higher levels animals are herded or walking freely families are running around children are laughing butterflies and fireflies are abundant it is a magical scene in a city that is completely different on the outside this is your own world and as you get closer, you see the Hierophant, the High Druid of the temple here. You see that she is a dark-skinned elfin woman. She has what looks to be tribal markings of white along her cheekbones and under her chin and two dots on her forehead. She seems to be talking to some children where another acolyte is helping a lamb give birth and she is giving the kids the talk of life and the circle of life and by doing all things honor the wild mother and this is the scene you see as you approach i'll uh i'll like usher zadia over and will like stand in the back while she's giving this this lesson to the to the children standing there like big big kids listening did you want to speak to um the the leader when they were done? And uh, I I will re reluctantly just go over there. And as you walk over, she looks, she turns around, and you see she has this necklace on of these like jade, the uh, jade necklace that seems to be inscribed with something. And as you get close, you see she has uh, these wrinkles, and she looks very old, like maybe near the end of the long elven years um 
So you have that peak. You see salt and pepper kind of hair uh, as her hair is kind of tied in these Bantu curls. When we go up, I will like do a respective bow. I say hello. Hello. I sense you have questions. Welcome to the birth heart. It is an absolute honor to meet you, Hierophant. Please just call me Ingolzi. Uh, yes, I just... I have so... I do not even know if it's so much questions, but more just praise. This place is absolutely more than I could have absolutely ever imagined. Hmm. Do you follow the world, Mother? Yes. Yes, I do. I have my entire life almost. You are in the right place, here in Vasselheim. This was the first temple to the Wild Mother. It is said that she planted this tree herself, with her first acolytes. I look up at the tree with, like, wide eyes, and I say, that is incredible how much it has grown. And how it has persevered over so many years. Yes, care and nurturing. And weathering each storm. Like the other trees, like them, we are children of the Wild Mother. The same care, we too can grow tall. <laughs> but you know all about being tall. She kind of chuckles to herself. I have been traveling for many, many years, and honestly, I have not... I never thought I'd make my way all the way to Vasselheim, but fortunes would have it that I... We make a stop here for the week, and I'm able to visit almost... It almost feels like a pilgrimage, if I'm being honest. Please, I am due for a respite. Would you like some tea? I would be absolutely honored, Hyrand Ngozi. Of course, thank you so much, Ngozi. My name is Enil. Uh, I'm Sadia. Oh, sorry. So rude of us, I'm so sorry. Yes, I know. Uh, but yes, we would be absolutely honored to have tea with you. I've been waiting for a while. She kind of takes you in. Uh, as you walk into this kind of tree, there's these beautiful uh, wooden steps down, kind of circle downwards. You see these uh, fireflies just, just kind of flying about in this room. Um, at the base is just the grass um, and there is just this kind of wooden table. Um, you see a pot on the side. And she kind of taps it, and you see it starts steaming. It will take a minute or two. As all things do. But we will wait. Um, well, I, um, well, I shall not ask questions while we, before we have uh, tea. But I will say this is an amazing place. How... If you do not mind me asking, how long have you been the Hyrand, Hyrand, Hyrand of, uh, of, of the Wild Mother? Well, I've been the Hierophant now for 300 years. 
but I have been working at this temple for... <laughs> and she smiles. And she kind of looks down. I left for a while, but... 900 years. Absolutely amazing. True devotion. Well, when you live as long as I have, it doesn't really become devotion when you see the weaving of the gods in your eyes right in front of you. It becomes more of a way of life. The world is a troubled place. And the Wild Mother embraces all. Neil is like nodding emphatically, especially when she starts saying way of life. That is something that I try to live my life by, knowing that the Wild Mother is out there, uh, out there for us, helping us. But the way we we worship the Wild Mother is is something we must embrace in our lives and make it how we live instead of just in the name of devotion but in, in the way of life. Yes, I agree. And she starts pouring tea out, green tea. Um, Ngozi, may I ask you something? Of course. Sadia. Um, our... Before we headed here, you said you had to have been waiting? As the trees have been waiting. What have you been waiting for? For an encounter. A vision. I knew I would meet someone at some point. That would remind me of... And she just stops and takes a sip of her tea. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot my train of thought. You are totally fine, Harapunt Ngozi. Um, well, I hope you meet them soon. Today is looking like a good day. Absolutely. It's one of the best days of my life, being here in the presence of, as close as I can be in the presence of the Wild Mother. I have never seen her smile this much. Really. It is good. It is good that this place brings you joy. Even in troubled times, where things seem at their darkest, the Wild Mother is with us. Sometimes not always... In the way we think. But always in the steps we take in life. She is guiding us. If I may ask a question, Hierophant uh, Ngozi. Is there a way in which I can show my, my faith more to the Wild Mother? To show how devoted I am? As you said, it is not about devotion. 
It is about a way of life and being true to that way of life. By asking the question, you must feel as though you are not doing enough already, but you are doing all that you need to. Trust in yourself and trust that the wild mother has a plan for you as all her children in the flock. Absolutely. I have never doubted the wild mother. However, myself, it's a little bit more difficult to have faith in myself and my decisions. Why? Well, I am not uh, the smartest person, so to say. I am strong and I have been blessed in that way. And I've been blessed with the company I keep around me and with my family. But I fear that I will make decisions in my life that will cause repercussions that will make the wild mother upset with me. She looks at you. And she kind of taps her staff on the grass and you see this fine kind of wrap around it go down the, the, the crooked end you see this flower instantly bloom this beautiful pink purple flower and you see a petal fall off and she smiles the sitting there straight with the tea in her hand and she just says just like this petal, we are all flitting through light, going where the wind takes us, never really knowing where we'll land, just hoping the decisions we make will help us land in a better place where we were than we were before. But every decision we make and the petal hits the tea and you see these ripples go out, Every decision we make has waves, has ripples. None are... Inherently bad if done from a good place. It's done from an earnest place. But ripples happen nevertheless. It is the way of life. But you must be... Courageous in those choices because, for good or for bad, we all must make choices. But looking to the betterment of others and ourselves can never be wrong. Thank you, Hierophant and Gossi. I will, I will take that to heart. And I just and I will continue to live my life in the way I believe the Wild Mother would wish it of me. And that one day I will be worthy of her domain. Grabs her staff and smacks you on the face. No. Live your life for you. A wild mother does not need you to be extra in your devotion. You're already doing enough. Live for you and with your own blooming 
and growth, do you honor her? Uh, and Neil looks very just confused, um, I would say. A little bit dumbfounded uh, by that denotion. Um, I, I, yes. Okay. Um, yes, live life for myself. Okay. Um, that one uh, will take a little bit getting used to, but um, I trust you, uh, Hierophant and Gossi. Yes. If you continue to live for us, even the gods, even the Wadmother, then you will miss the beauty that she has laid upon us all. You must see the world in order to willing to be embraced. Okay, I think, I think I'm beginning to understand what what you mean. Because without leaving my tribe and my family, minus my brother, because he would not let me leave alone, um, I would not have seen outside of the Stormcrest Mountains. I would not seen outside of the bog. I would not have met my friends, nor gone on any of the interesting adventures we have gone on. And without that, I would not have met... I would not have been there for Kuval during his troubles, nor any of the other people I have met and spread the word of the Wild Mother. I think I understand. Is... Is there any one thing I could do to... Um, that in your practice, just, you know, the small things we do. Anything that brings you comfort, that makes you feel closer to the wild mother that I may adopt in my own life. She gets out a, a pot, a clay pot. And she brings over a jar. And she says, I met the most interesting family once. I was in Wildmount, and they procured the strangest of teas. I enjoy tending to flowers, drinking these teas, and reflecting on the glow of the dawn. And what possibilities that new day may bring. She like slides the jar over to you. I grab it and I move it up as if I'm going to go and smell it. And I say, it is comforting to know that no matter where the followers of the Wild Mother are, we hold similar comforts. And I smell the tea, though I have not tried teas as of yet. But I think I may begin now. Another gift, though. And she goes to a necklace and she takes the biggest jade piece and kind of unhooks it. Gives it, to, puts it on the table. 
Take this. Next time you are lost in the darkness, it is good to have a piece of the Wild Mother at your hand. And like very shakily, my hand moves over, almost afraid to touch it, to be completely honest with you. And I hover over it and I'm just like, I, it is such a, a, a large gift, Hierophant. I, um, I've been taught not to reject gifts, but this feels like too large of a one for just me. A large gift. For someone with a large heart. That is very kind. Thank you, Hierophant in Gossi. And I grab it and I look at it. And I say, I can never possibly thank you for this, Hierophant in Gossi. I'm sure you will in life. This is long and it is rich. I will do my best. Um, thank you so much for this tea. It's absolutely delicious. Of course. Come back any time. Both of you. Seth has just been watching them and, and watching Neil like the biggest smile on her face, enjoying the support that her friend's getting. <laughs> and as you leave the abundant terrace, we see the week go by as Kuval and Adrian train at the crucible. We see Neil center themselves at the Wild Mother Temple, and you, Sadia, and Jacqueline engage in academic pursuits at the library within Fasselheim. And quickly you are moved through the week, not having any time for any other activities, rescues, or investigations. You move on. Phineas has a new band of mercenaries. Twenty people now in your caravan. And you, as you move in deeper to the timber woods, days turn to weeks. And although horrifying your journey up to Fasselheim was, and the scares and noises and all of the fear that was put on you about how dangerous going up to the excavation site was, you see a number of zombies harrow you, attack you, but in small number, you see a large portion of them are pointedly avoiding your caravan. And as weeks turn to months, and your time in this journey grows to an end, you approach the Sunder Peak Mountains. It is cold, a cold like you've never felt before, apart from you, Neil. It is a cold that is void of everything. A cold that you remember when you too are in the void. And it hits home to all of you. Just how vast this frozen waste is. And as you climb ever up on the mountain, ash falls from the sky, coating everything in this grey gloom. And as you make it up to the excavation site's wooden portcullis, you see the black armor of whatever mercenary band Phineas is using. As you enter in, the doors bang open as you see a large black tower, half broken out of the ground. 
there is a hole that goes further in across this vast excavation site. And as you are waved in and you slowly enter into this vast, large, gloom-filled excavation site, the camera slowly pans up, facing the gloom and the uncertainty ahead. I am a phony posing as a phony list. Person 